podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, welcome back to This Is Happening. This is your host, Nathan Streifel. And Eric Morris. Today, listeners, we have a rare, special treat. Hurrah, hurrah. We are joined by the quintessential New York drag queen. I I mean, I could spend the entire podcast just rhapsodizing over Sherry Vine uh, and my own experience with seeing her when I was just like a baby gay, figuring shit out in New York City. Um, and, I, and I might. I'm going to try to uh, try to hold myself back because we actually want to hear from Sherry rather than me just blathering on. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I will say, though, that, you know, I, uh, I'm from New York. I went to college elsewhere, lived briefly in Boston. Then I came back to New York in 1994 and moved to 22nd Street in Chelsea. Um, before Barracuda opened on that on the block of on, on my block, and I was like I was I had come out to my roommate in Boston. I was slowly coming out to friends in New York. I was just discovering like what gay life was and just how to be gay and how to talk to other gay guys. And um, one of the things I started doing was going out to clubs and seeing things and it just like very fortuitously a friend of mine named Julian Fleischer was writing a book called DQNY a guide to New York drag queens and that was just like an entree to like him always wanting to like drag friends along to go see these shows at like Bardot and Squeezebox and eventually Barracuda, but like, you know, and Sherry Vine was, you know, one of the drag queens doing her thing then, and has been doing it all this time, is a legend, and I must stop talking with Sherry Vine, welcome! Hi! <laughs> <laughs> said quintessential New York drag queen, I was like, is Lady Bunny here? <laughs> well, I mean... You know, Lady Bunny, like, also had been in Atlanta. Totally. And she, and one of the things that makes you that is, like, you haven't left. I mean, you're talking about maybe living, leaving now, but... Um, You've been in the New York scene forever. Well, minus three years. 2001 to 2004, I lived in Berlin. Right. Which yes. made you even more quintessentially New York. <laughs> you have to have the three years stint in Berlin. And then, I mean, then... But even during that time, you came back and performed in New York. Yeah. yeah. Did you? I mean, you were just based in Berlin. Yeah. I mean, it was the whole Giuliani era where I was like, I have to get, I literally was like, I have to get out Good of here. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was just they make, so oh, weird. It was so ridiculous. It was this they fascist state. So, it was so horrifying. difficult. And was now, so the, now the nation is becoming a fascist exactly. state. So and that moving, was a precursor. Moving here is very different. It's, I'm more nervous about moving here than I was to Berlin because... At that time, like I, said, I was like, I need to get out of here. So it was like clear. I'm like, I'm out. And I'm going to Berlin because I was working mm-hmm. so much in Europe. And I was like, I could live in Berlin. And it was a great, great experience. And this is different because now I don't have that feeling of like I need to get out of New York. It's more like right. I know I kind of need to come here, but I'm terrified because I'm like, 
everything's going great. I don't want to rock the boat. You know, yeah, yeah, it's hard. Really. To, it's hard to replicate. I mean, you know, even like New York is so different. It's it's. Um, I mean, I, I am from there. I go back there a lot. It's so ridiculously expensive. It's impossible for artists to live there. It's really like it's. I still love New York. I still love New York nightlife. I still, uh, you know, it's got an energy like nowhere else, even now. But I just think it's it's so challenging to live there. It's so expensive. It's it is. It, but yeah, like I said, there's so many things that I love about it, and then so many things I don't love. And the same with LA. It's just kind of like I feel like all the things that I want to do on my next chapter are here. I need to be here. Yeah. And there's, I'm very, there's no doubt in my mind about that. It's just still kind of scary because like I said, that, is that really that feeling of like riding the boat? And I actually talked to a therapist like three or four sessions because I was so like, <laughs> I don't know, I can't make this decision. Should I move or not? Oh, yeah. And he was like, why does it something have to be bad to make a change? Why can't good become great or just different? And I'm like, okay. And when I started looking at it that way, it was a lot easier, like, okay, yes, I want to be in L.A. You know, and you have that instinct, and you're like, and, you know, you don't doubt it, and you can't know exactly what it's going to be until you get here and do it. Totally. And New York will always be there, yeah. and I have, it's not like I'm moving into the unknown. I have a whole, I mean, I have my friends here. I have a place to stay. Yes. I'm in no rush to find my own place because I stay Are with Jackie. Are you moving into Jackie's guest house? I'm going to stay with Jackie's, <laughs> in Jackie's guest house. And so I don't Cute. have... And she lived on my sofa in New York for a year. Yeah. So she said I could have a couple months here for free. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's generous. a little guest house too, right? <laughs> She's like, so your sofa for a year equals a couple of months in my guest house. I'm like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> and, uh, and, but like, and I have, like, now I have a team of we have a team of people that we work with for shows we want to do and if we want to make videos or I want to make a video now I have all the resources and team of people in place here that I didn't a couple years ago it was like I have to do this in New York because otherwise I won't be able to do it it won't be able to do it and now I have that here so I do like all those things are kind of in place Oh, wow. Okay. And you don't have to drive anymore to be, live in L.A. Uber. I yeah. Have, Castle's yeah. been here for like several years. He doesn't drive. I don't do you, drive. Do you not drive? I have a valid driver's license. Ouch. But I haven't driven. You're not comfortable. They're driver. hitting me. I haven't <laughs> driven in. Uh, we do it on the pod to get him talking more. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I haven't driven a car in 20 years. Well, then I don't encourage you to do that. <laughs> but it's just like you don't have to. I mean, you I really Uber don't. here. It was in like fact, $6 less dollars from downtown. Mm-hmm. So it's like so cheap. Yeah. Also, I get a lot of stuff done in the Uber. I can ride. I can like do research. I can read your bio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you Uber no, pool. I Uber way. pool a lot, which takes a little bit longer, but it's cheaper. I, I know. Not bougie no. enough for just yeah, a I'm too old. Sorry, I did that one by accident. <laughs> just, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Who is on? this person? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I have no patience for that. So you have like a really long-running show in New York, right? It's a drag show oh, that you many. host. Multiple. Many, many, many. And I kind of connect. I only have one weekly show in New York That's now. That was the one I was Which is Wednesday nights to. at Industry. And it kind of connects to Barracuda because it's the same owner. Mm. And Bob Poncharelli, who owned Bar- he owned Crowbar in the East Village, which is where so many of us started out. That's where Star Search originally was. And Mona Foote was the hostess. Mo- and then Mona Foote moved to Barracuda right. with that same show. Exactly. And so a lot of us started off 
there at Crowbars. I essentially have worked for Bob Pondrelli for 27 years. So we went from there to Barracuda. Jackie and I did a Wednesday night, the very beginning of Barracuda, 95. And then... How long have you been doing drag at this point? Now? At 95. Had you been doing drag for three or four years? Yeah. And you had started from a play that you were in or a musical? I started drag here in L.A., Oh, in L.A. So you, during your... Um, let's actually start. Let's yeah. start at the beginning. At the beginning? Oh, you good Lord. You grew up in Baltimore. It was the right? Jurassic <laughs> era. <laughs> you grew up in Baltimore, right? I grew up in Maryland, out in the suburbs okay. of Baltimore, yeah. So actually, same with, um, with Justin and Vivian Bond. Oh, and Justin. And we, just, Justin and was Julian like Bush. a half... Justin was a little bit more even in the country than I kind of was, um, but she was in, from Frederick County. I was from Howard County, like 20, 30 minutes. What did your parents do? Until New York. Yeah, yeah, totally. What did your parents do? Um, my dad was an executive for this company called Martin Marietta, and um, my mom was a housewife. So like white collar type thing? Did you have siblings? I had a sister who died mm, car accident like 35 years ago. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. Horrible. Um, but the it was totally like, you know, middle class yeah. suburbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then where did you, cool. you go to college? My parents were very cool. I went to undergrad at University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Okay. It's Catesville. And then I went to graduate school at USC. With, and you got an MFA in acting, mm-hmm. which, which actually Nathan has as well. I know. Yeah, which, we kind of did a little off air. But our, our, our listeners don't know that. No, his boyfriend went to USC, but <laughs> yeah, my uh, boyfriend went to I would USC say probably a decade apart. Different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to get my degree a decade ago. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I literally thought, couldn't get the, out of Baltimore fast enough. I thought that was really interesting. It. Like I didn't, I knew you as a drag performer, and you know, and everything. But I remember when I first saw Golden Girls, you know, because I, I, I know Drew Drogi and Sam Pancake, and I've known them both for for many years, and you know, they're both accomplished actors, um, and I, and I know that Jackie Beat has done, um, you know, films and things. Um, but when I saw, I mean, you and Jackie are so good in the, in that show and your characterizations of those characters, you're really channeling those, those performances and, and building on them and making them bigger and funny, you know, whereas what Sam and Drew are doing also very funny, but also very different and not it's as funny. based in the it's character. It's funny you say that because that was I don't want to say that it, it's not a judgment at all on, at out and there's no right yeah, or wrong I'm not, I'm not at all. But either. the first time we did Golden Girls I because I'm in New York and I always come out and we have one day to rehearse and then right. it open. Yeah, yeah. And I showed up like character study I mean I watched it I was like I had her movements down I mean like method and it was not correct for this production it was more like and I was like we can't change any of the words and and when I got here and we did like the first couple shows I had turned to check I was like I'm not on the same page as everybody else and this isn't going to work. And it wasn't like a right or wrong thing at all. It was just like we were coming from different schools and I think like we said, like I think Sam and Drew were coming from 
more improv comedy. Right. And Jackie and I were maybe, I mean, Jackie was kind of in the middle, and I was definitely trying to come from, like, Shakespeare. It was just, like, not right. But I... And in the end, yeah. it was like, Jackie was turned to me, and she's like, girl... We're doing a drag show in the basement of a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, exactly. And that's when I kind of let go of like, even Rue McClanahan's not giving you an authentic Southern accent. I was like, girl, right. cl- turn the clown knob up a little bit. Yeah. Right. And that's when I started doing things like, rah, 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 you know, and all this kind of bullshit. And then it's like, then it really worked. And I think that we just found our groove. Everybody kind of came a little bit more... It all, it all that really I think it, it works. It really works together. And and but But I, in the I, beginning it was interesting to okay. me, like because the two of them are like, you know, professional actors that, that they make their living act, acting. Um I didn't know that you had an MFA in acting. You know, I thought that was really interesting to me. I was right. like, oh he's a trained actor, you know. I mean I, I, I look at Drew sometimes I watch Drew and I'm like, God, he's one hundred percent free. Like mm. if something happens, or if you say something, or do something, if something whatever, he is just like on it and going with it. Like that total rule of improv of like yes, yes. always in agreement. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like I love that. I mean, I've learned something about letting go by watching him and working with him in this. And sure. just to be a little bit more like, girl, just let, just let it go. Let it go. Did, yeah. Did you enjoy your time at USC doing the master's program? Oh, fuck yeah. So much. Yeah. How long was that? Was that so a year? Two, two years. years? Two years. And it was like, say. um, just, it was like actorly classical studying. It was the not, theater. there was no Shakespeare at all. Oh, okay. It was definitely more kind of commercial, commercial theater, but modern and a lot of improv actually and mm-hmm. Stephen Book I don't even know he was a very famous improv teacher I think he still teaches but anyway um, it was Anna DeBeer Smith was an acting teacher of ours for a year I, I love her she's, she's so brilliant I saw her perform some of her I think of her so New York in the public theater so I she said she something was... to me that changed my entire life because right. I moved to LA and I was going to go to school there and in my mind I'm graduating I'm going to be a movie star I'm going to be a movie star right and she turned to me one day and she, she pulled me aside and she was like you're going to have a really hard time in Hollywood because you don't fit you're not any type you're not a leading man Tom Cruise type you're not really a nerd you're not the drug addict whatever. she's like you're definitely in the character actor realm but yeah. You're not a type. You are going to have to create, carve your own path. Yeah. You yeah. need to find someone who will write for you and carve your own path because you're not going to fit. You're going to have a hard time. And I'm like, and I really listened to that. And we were talking to my best friend, Douglas, from Maryland, who went to get his MFA at Goodman, DePaul. When it was like, I don't really want to act. I'm going to write and maybe play smaller parts, but I want to write. And I was like, oh, and I just started doing drag, whatever. And he was like, I'm writing a play, and you have to come to New York and play the mother. And that's how I moved to New York and started oh the theater company. Because the words theater of Couture. Echo Anna DeVere Smith echoed in my mind of like, oh, she said, find a writer who writes for you, and here is this writer that's going to write for me. And I was like, this is meant yeah. to be. And it's so true. It's like, you can try to fight against that. You can say like, no, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to become my own movie star. But I, you know, I've been on the other side of casting, you know, I mean, that's, I, I do that sometimes. 
and there's just no getting around it. People like types and what your immediate like imp- like you just like look at you like can you be this right. you know and that's and that's you know if if you're going up to be an actor like those are your opportunities it, otherwise you create your own opportunities you have to i mean i coming out of usc at that time it was i don't know how it is now but it was certainly like uh, one of the top acting school i mean i immediately had commercial agent and theatrical agent like that was all like right away and mm-hmm. i was going to auditions and i was getting stuff like immediately got a show at the Mark Taper, so I got into Equity. Oh, awesome. Amazing. And I got a commercial. I was doing commercials. But when I would show up for, like, movies, it was more movie stuff, like, or TV, and it was like, they want someone nerdy. And I would show up, like, in my nerd costume, and I'd be like, oh, I'm in a room full of nerds. I look (laughs) like the guy trying to be a nerd. Right. Are okay. We need someone who's like the street thug, not thug, but like the street urchin or whatever it, it was. And I was always kind of like in a costume with a room full of people who looked like they really were that. Yeah, totally. So I really kind of was like, oh, I'm not going to fit a part. And right. this was kind of too early to be the big, the queen. <laughs> the sissy or whatever you yeah, know what I mean sure. right. it's like so it was a different time I mean, anyway there, there, was, there weren't those parts Mm-mm. you know I can relate to that I feel like I always have been kind of like had to be my own type because there's not really a, I, I, it's hard to fit in it's, I don't know especially I don't know if the gay thing totally has to do with it but I think a little bit of it is I don't feel like there's a lot of I, I don't know, maybe parts that are just streamlined right into there where you can just be like, yes, I am the epitome of a leading man. Or, you know, there's... Well, and what you're doing is smart. I mean, you're creating your own content on YouTube, you know, writing stuff for yourself that you know you'll be good at. And that, you know, people seeing that will... You know, it, give them it more ideas. You, them it's certainly different now else. than it was thirty years ago. I well, mean, now a, you can create your own exactly TV show on you, whatever you could do, whatever right. the fuck the you want. The barrier to entry is so low, and it feels so empowering. It's like, just it's nice. like put an eye, you know, put yourself in front of an eye. And now I think and, there's you're applauded if you're something that doesn't fit into a type. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way. I feel like I have the opportunities and the abilities to kind of go out there and create those things and be empowered myself. Right. I know the things that I love watching are the things that like this couldn't have been on Thirty Strangers with Candy. Our girl, our uh, yeah. not girls. What's it called? The two, the two girls. Broad uh, City. Broad City. I mean, yeah. hello. That's talk about creating your own yeah, path. Exactly. So. um but you have been creating your own things, even back then. So I love, so yeah. I love it. So that guy, um, Doug, uh-huh. um, uh, he was your inspiration for moving to New York. This totally. is even before, like, you had tried drag out here. I was doing drag here. So you were working. And was it Sherry, Sherry Vine? Was Sherry I was Vine just name? Sherry for a while. Why Sherry? I don't. I was. I was working, okay, I graduated USC, and I was working at, I was working at the Cheesecake Factory in Marina Del Rey, but there were only three, there There were only three of them back then there, there were only three, Beverly Hills, Marina Del Rey, and the Valley, and I was fired, 
Uh, oh, no. And I went to, and I got a job at, I was too much for Why them. did you get fired? Was, you girl, were just, was too were you much Are you a bitchy server? No, uh, I was a little bitchy, but I got bitchy, but no, I was just too gay. I was you're, too much. Yeah, your personality. Too yeah, much. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. Not, not corporate. Not corporate. Yeah. So I went and got a job <laughs> at the French Market on Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh. Where I, I worked, I won't say that I loved the food. Oh my god, there, I miss it but, so much. But it was a fun. It was so fun, and it that was, a fun was where you could everyone like, went. Honey, that was like and it was affordable. And to go from corporate cheesecake to there, where it's like, girl, put your heels on and get out there and <laughs> sling those fries. <laughs> we laughed so hard, and I was this was nineteen ninety, and I started working there and met this guy Gary who uh, we became roommates, and Candace, oh, Candace worked there. Candace Kane. <coughs> oh, Candace Kane, and Candace she was Kane. like, That's so funny. I don't have a place to live. My, she was literally like, out of high school. Oh, my and God. And she's like, I just moved here from Hawaii, and my boyfriend, for some guy, and we broke up. Whatever. And we were like, we have an extra room, so Candace moved in. So it was me and Candace and my friend. And I started doing drag, and my name, he said, oh, you look like a Sherry. I'm like, okay. So it's just Sherry. <laughs> And I was like performing. It was different because they couldn't get any jobs in West Hollywood because that was definitely more like beaded gown, lip syncing. It was like glam. It was type. a glam thing. And your type was at it that time. It was trashy drag. Trash. Yeah. But Jeffrey, where are all those beaded gown bitches now? Who are they? I mean, honey, was she, like Shishi Larue and those girls. Oh, Shishi Larue. Yes. Okay. She all gave right. me my first paid drag job ever. She did that for a lot of... Yes. A lot of, I mean, up to, like, even Alaska Thunderfuck, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So we... Then I was performing in drag at these parties like Club Fuck, which was... That sounds fun. Alternative. Ron Athey used to perform there. Oh it was, God. like, total was hardcore it industrial dire? music. Like, I didn't Oh, my God. That's real so kill 90s. Cold. Like, oh, my God. It was, like, 1990, Were you, like, lip syncing to these No, 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 no. Never lip syncing. I never lip syncing. So what were you doing? We were doing crazy, just crazy stuff, and then I was performing a lot for Jeffrey Hilbert at his parties, like sit and spin and then trade, high karate. Sit and spin, and trade. That uh, is, those are so good names. They were really I wish good I could have gone to those parties. Good times, and then, but only for like a year, and then I moved to New York. Gotcha. To, and then to was, really form theater couture. I right? moved there specifically explicitly for the theater company. And you know, it's funny because I have very hazy memories. I did see you guys perform several things because as soon as I saw Justin Vivian Bond do Kiki and Herb, I became absolutely obsessed. Yeah. I, I, it just like, and, and meeting, meeting her later at the Cannes Film Festival and then getting to know her a little bit and I flew back. I flew back for the their reunion shows at um, uh, Joe's Pub last I saw year. That, yeah. I, I mean, just ah, ah I, yeah. I love Justin Vivian Bond so much, but I saw her do a show with you, Charlie. It must have been Charlie. I think it was Charlie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and then, but uh, but I also what was Charlie? Well, when we did the theater company, we were really lucky to have this group of queens and performers that we worked with. I mean, Candace is not obviously not a drag queen now, but when I say that, she was at the she time. She was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Candace was in the theater company from the very beginning because she moved to New York like six months after I did. And then Jackie came. 
And then Justin Vivian Bond, when Justin moved to New York and was the first show she did was at this place called 88's, mm. this cabaret in New York that's not there anymore. And I went with Lily of the Valley and I was like, oh my God, who I have to work with this person. Mm. And also and then invite got oh, her right. into the theater. And so I, I've always like, if I see someone that I think is amazing, I've never... I want to work with them, not yes. like, oh, okay. Be a fan. I don't feel no. competitive. No. I want to work with them. I mean, they yeah. do what they do. Totally. Like, yeah, like associate. And Charlie was, um, Charlie was the third, the fourth show that we did at PS122. It was 1996. Hmm. Yeah, was it, exactly. was, was it was it called PS122 because it used it to be in a school? Yeah, performance space. It used to be a public school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it, was, it still uh, runs. It's there. still there, yeah. yeah. Um, the basement theater was the home of Ethel Eicherberger, who was like this queen of the 80s, who passed, of course, was another casualty of the AIDS yeah. epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we were kind of... I was such a big fan of Charles Ludlam, Charles Bush, and sure. I felt that we were kind of like on that timeline, but completely even different. And Charlie was, we were Charlie's Angels. It was me, Candace, Mistress, oh, Michael. We what were I saw. Charlie's yeah. Angels, but Charlie was Charlie Manson. <laughs> so we were like brainwashed into killing people, which is probably so not that so funny. Was, like, I did the one show that my mom was like, it was you, funny. Justin Vivian Bond. It was me. Mistress from Micah and Candace Kane were the girls. Justin okay. Bond was the um, villainess. The villainess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw that one. And and was your um, there's uh, a movie the, of it that's on YouTube. Side note: with Jackie is actually the villainess, but um, and I was Doug also, writing these. No, he so, passed away in '95. So oh, that was Doug's okay. idea, oh, but he passed away. And then Eric Jackson, who was Josh's boyfriend. They moved to New York, and Eric wrote Charlie. So I also saw you and and Kiki, well, and 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 Justin. But it was Kiki and Sh- Sherry together again for the first time at the Cowgirl Hall, Hall, Hall of Fame. I just posted a bunch of those on YouTube recently. I, I noticed that, and I saw, but I was there for several of those oh because because Kiki and Herb had a residence for a while at Fez, Cowgirl at Cowgirl Hall of Fame, right, right, and maybe before at Fez. Fez. right. The, so that's where I discovered Kiki and Herb. Julian took me there, and you know we would <laughs> we would go. I would go with my you know college roommate Rick and. Like Rick was also obsessed, and Rick really kind of got up close and personal with, with Kiki. You know, who would like just grab people's drinks off the tables and knock them back. We would get and I remember, wasted. I remember like you know Justin like literally slapped Rick across the face like full on, and Rick loved it. And like somehow like you know Justin kind of like knew. Like what how, buttons to push? Who, who what he, what, what he could get what away with? V could yeah. get away with, you know. What you know? Justin was like, I always had to kind of be the straight, person. straight one with Justin for yeah. sure, which was fine. I mean, I always kind of had to be like the dumb, ditzy <laughs> one or the straight one for sure. But you because did, there's she was you just so to put out little, outrageous. you know, like asides, you know, like because. You know, she was like really working out her act that she ended up taking to Broadway. I mean, like literally, whole stretches of those things ended up in what Kiki God, and her, you know, go, Ooh, I could tell you stories. go to Broadway. Good Lord, we had some fun. 
Um, but and you would just be like, oh, well, that's a nice story, you know. And then yeah. you were like working up to your own number, you yeah. know. It was, it was just, just very I just really wanted to work with Justin because I thought she was so amazing. Mm. She's really sweet. We had, I mean, we we don't like hang out or talk on the phone, but when we see each other, it's always very warm and and great. And, She's lovely and lovely, and I know that there's love between us. Um, but she was really sweet. She did her 20 year anniversary of being in New York a couple years ago and yeah. called me just like, let's do something together. I would love for you to be a part of this. And the way she introduced him was so sweet. She posted and some stuff on that it was on really social nice. media. It looked so beautiful. It was so, like, so sweet. Yeah. It was great. I, I'm using this. the wrong pronoun. I, you know, like, please don't be offended if you're hearing this. It's like she, she prefers the or whatever, whatever. I think she's relative, relatively um, lax about that. She's mad when the New York Times um, miss. If you're a publishing company, you shouldn't <laughs> figure it out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we did this. Uh, we recreated. We had done it 20 years ago, and then we recreated it for that anniversary party of. It's a 20-minute medley that was done by Julie Andrews and Carol Burnett. Oh, oh my God. Did you play Carol Burnett? I was Carol Burnett. She was Julie. And it was, <laughs> it's so good. You and got Kenny, a Carol Burnett. Kenny Melman Herb was the, uh, oh, yeah, Ken, uh, Kenny the piano, Melman. and it was great. So good. So all of the... You've, no, you've never lip-synced. You always perform live. You always sing. You've always been a singer. The only time I lip-sync is when I had to, when we were doing big shows at Boy Bar, and they were group numbers. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, that makes sense, because it's just kind of like a... You've got a great voice, though, you know, I mean... Well, and so we used to... <laughs> I know what I can do and what I can't you do, and I think really that... Well. I mean, I don't... I always say, oh, I sing about sucking dick because I can't hit the pretty notes, but I think I'm Carol... I do identify with Carol Burnett. I'm Carol Burnett, and I would be singing about sucking dick even if I had a pretty voice. Yeah. But I know what I can do and what I can't do. I hear you. So you were there also, like, performing at, you know, at Bardo, mm-hmm. Raveno, and Joey Arias. Um, I do remember a little tidbit from your Hey Queen episode. Um, you said that Raveno was your drag mother. Yeah. You'd already been doing drag, so... I had been doing drag, and, like, I used to do a different... I used to just kind of think that I had to look funny to be funny so I had these huge eyebrows and I didn't care about shaving I didn't wear tits and I didn't care about shaving or anything like that like it wasn't about looking fish or something yeah I don't even use that I just it wasn't just about it was just kind of like okay I can look like a clown and be because that's what I'm going to do and it wasn't until I started working with at boy bar you don't use the word fish uh uh why don't you use it and could it, is it well, inappropriate? It can be offensive to women. women. Yes, I can see why it would be offensive to women. But it's also just kind of like, I don't, I've never thought of myself as ever trying to look like a woman. Right. <laughs> yes, 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 ever. yes, yes. Like what woman, I mean, other than maybe a pole dancer. Like that. You know, <laughs> kind of, but I'm never, tr- I'm not about trying to fool anybody or... Yeah. Be you know what? I've never thought about that. I've never thought about that word and being offensive. Well, there is. That you say that. I guess if, it if totally you break makes it down, when you break it down, it's kind of <laughs> calling women fishy. That makes right. sense. I, I mean, Michelle Visage used to say it and everything. So I mean, there are women that say it, but yeah, no, I, I it, 
I see that. I mean, people do talk about it that it can be offensive. Right. And so when I started doing stuff at Boy Bar, though, like at the, when I first started doing stuff in the East Village, it was okay because it was it wasn't about how you looked. And then all of a sudden came in this new w- re- wave of drag performers: Candace Kane, Lena, oh, Aphrodite, like who were just stunning and wearing couture and. The makeup and the hair, and I was like, "Oh, it was this whole other thing." To another level, right? And and then I was kind of like, "Oh, I want to, you know, why can't I like try and look prettier?" And mm-hmm. and Raven O was the mother of Boy Bar, and we would get ready and rehearse all week. And Matthew Caston, who was the uh, Svangali of Boy Bar, would do our hairs and custom, and you we would line up before the show, mm-hmm. and Raven and Matthew would walk down that line and. Put some nails on, fix your lips. You know, like really, like this whole kind oh of God. like thing. And it was like we learn a lot, spook camp, and you learn a lot. And and so it wasn't kind of like it wasn't like I felt like I had to do it. I just was kind of like, well, let me see what I can do with this. Why not? And when I started kind of getting like feeling, like, oh my God, you look so pretty, or you look so great. You know, show off your legs more. You got great legs. Shave your leg. That's when I was like, okay. And I had people you in the very beginning like misunderstood famously. and these other queens that were like, don't do it. You don't know. Don't conform. Don't, don't conform. Don't conform. Mm. We hate your, you don't have to be pretty to be funny. I was like, I know it's not about that. It's kind of like, I kind of, that's when I just really thought, thought I found the character of Sherry Vine was like, I want to come out and have people like, oh, Okay, she looks good sexy. for a drag queen. Sexy, sex yeah. kitten. Yeah. But then also make them laugh. Sure. Yeah, totally. Like, why do I have to look? Whatever. That why was not, just why not for me. And there's no right or wrong. Drag, and I'm not talking queen. about anybody. And once I started too, getting the straight guys. Then you were like, okay. <laughs> then I was like, like now, now, right, now I'm on. Now I got it. <laughs> right. Now I understand. Check, 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 check. But it's interesting you mentioned, like, you know, like, in comparing yourself to... Candace Kane, Gurlina, you know, both of whom are trans, you know, and weren't, you know, like, were in the process of that, you know, at the time. So it's like, you know, they really were identifying as women. Right. And were on their journey to becoming. Right. And it was kind of the four of us were like the, you know, the four musketeers. And it was Candace, Lena, me, and Formica. Mm. And the four Mm -hmm. of us were like together. We did all the Mark Berkeley parties at Limelight and blah, blah, blah. We were together literally almost every night and spent all day together every day. This is before Jackie even moved to New York. So it was like the four of us. Mm -hmm. And Formica was was mid to late 90s. This was early 90s, like 93, 94. Okay. Yeah. I think Jackie came in 95. And Formica was stunning from the beginning. I mean, sickening, gorgeous. And and so it's kind of like we we're all kind of like finding that like, okay, I want to wear these Vivian Westwood heels and be pretty. And that picture in Julian's book, yes. that's my hair. <laughs> like that, that, all that blonde hair is my, was my real hair, my body. I wasn't wearing boobs then in that picture because I was just so thin. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's just kind of transformed and now you know I've had people say like oh you focus too much don't worry so much about how you look because you're really funny and I'm like well now it's more of like I want to look at the a picture and be like okay for a 
person my age, 50-something-year-old man who's not on hormones or had any surgery, I can look at that and be like, okay, that, that's cute look, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I don't easy. think there's anything wrong with that. I right. mean, I don't think that's my primary goal. My primary goal is to make people laugh. But why sure. shouldn't I... No, Why is it bad to want to look you good? You still, you know, you still look hella sexy, you know, in drag. Mm-hmm. Like, like you are and right I know now. I can't and hold this, on to that forever. This couture but... outfit and this oh, wig. Oh my God, I can't believe what you showed like, up in tonight. Just for just a podcast like, alone. It's crazy. The effort that you put on is amazing. But, you know, so like I, I moved to L- LA in 97. So I kind of like was out of that, you know, mix of seeing all of you perform all the time. I I used to see Gurlina perform all the time. Loved Gurlina. So then, you know, a friend of mine, David Drumgold. Do you know mm-hmm. David? Of course, I love David. Really, really Who's dear that, friend of mine. Who's David Drumgold? Well, was a drag queen back in the day. We did a movie together. In Stonewall. Uh, the original Stonewall. In oh. Stonewall, the movie also is in uh, Tu Wong Fu. I'm um, not in that. Uh, He's in Thanks it. for the... Yeah. Whatever it's called. The original Thanks Stonewall is me, Candace, and David. Yeah. And Guillermo. Yeah. That's the star. Um, and, and, and David what was that? is... Guillermo Diaz? Oh, when oh, was that? Yeah. 94? Okay. Yeah. It's great. I love Stonewall. It's a great movie. Um, much better than the, the later one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Let's not even get into that. But um, I, David is still a very good friend of mine. I see him every time I go to New York. Um he, he does a lot of event planning and stuff, whatever. Um, he kept taking me to see Lena Bradford DJ. Right. You know, and I, and I, I was like... And he's Lena like, ba- Bradford Gurlina? Well, I didn't know that. So the, the, the point is, like, I would see Lena Bradford and Luke hang out and, you know, and it was just like, oh my God, Lena's so fantastic. She's, I love her. She's amazing. And it, like it wasn't until I maybe I saw Lena on Hate Queen or something mm-hmm. like that, and I realized like that's Gurlina because I kept wondering like what happened to Gurlina? Like I know what Sherry Vine is she up to. She just didn't really. I know what but she had Facebook at the time to just be like, oh, I know what Candace Kane Kane is up to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and me, I don't want to talk. I can't. I don't want to speak for her, but she kind of just lost the passion to perform. She just preferred. She wanted to DJ and didn't want to that be happens. on stage. And she's. Yeah. Maybe the best DJ I've yeah, ever Yeah, and she's an heard. activist, and she's great. She, had, I love her show. I was a guest on one of her episodes of um, yeah, she has this Dollhouse, she has, which is Dollhouse. I love. She invites so people fun. to this little bedroom and and have, yeah, so fun. Cute. And then also like performing when I first started performing at Bardot, when Joey and Raven invited me to join them at Bardot. Mm-hmm. Then the look did become more important because it had, although it was in the tiniest, tiniest little hovel of a bar it had an air of sophistication i mean joey was in mugler couture and raven had her look and it was like a standard you, you have to. to turn the volume i cannot get on stage in front of calvin klein and these people in a thrift store dress with hairy legs <laughs> it's like no let's, you gotta show up you have to show up and it really did kind of turn it up even in, in the name of squeeze box which was a rock and roll party 
you kind of had to turn it up and have a look. And also at yeah. the same time, if you're going to be funny, you look good, you, why not have the total package? Why so, I mean, I still it? call myself a clown. I'm performing, you know, a man and wearing tons of makeup. But, but that's, so, that's what was so great up. about you is that you were very adaptable to these different environments. And, you know, so you could do a show at Bardot, which is very performative and jazz inspired and, you know, and... And then also go to Squeezebox Rock, and that's that's where Hedwig started, you know. I, you know and just, are these all gay bars, or yeah. are they more well, they theater were nice. and performance? They were, they were uh, gay events. bars in the sense that the people who started them and ran them were gay. But certainly Squeezebox was like polysexual. Yeah, gotcha. just, this was before they had, everyone had a phone on their camera, and I mean, I could tell you, good lord, I could tell you stories about... So, I mean, filthy story I and about celebrities and everything that, oh, tell that could never happen again because <laughs> they would be terrified. I drew Barrymore dancing topless on a bar. Right. That could never happen now because it would be photographed and sent around the world in three minutes. Yeah. Um, so it was a different time. And it just always kind of worked. Like Bardot, I fit in because Joey was so jazz and Raven was a bit kind of jazz but a little bit raunchier. And then I was like the comic relief, <laughs> and it just kind of all worked together. But Squeezebox was more my because I was total rock and roll fag growing up. Like yeah, listened to the Ramones and all of them. That was my thing. So oh like, yeah, you were always into oh yeah. One of those it Ramones. Was, so then I was like lived in my building on Twenty Second Street. Oh, really? I forget which one. God. And Jackie um, Sixty was I think part of that trilogy of. Places where, and then Jackie, and Jackie 60. 60 is yeah. where I got to really explore and let uh, dive into the acting. Sure. Because there every week was a different theme. And Chi Chi and Johnny would call me and be like, Sherry, can you do Amy, Sister Amy McPherson? Sure. And I had to go to the library. <laughs> so this Who's is back? Computers. Right. And Very research Google. and read some books and put together an act and go in there and you could do, this was a club and at one so o'clock in the a morning, lot of you could still get on stage and do a monologue. Yeah. yeah. And do Jacques Brel. And this is a, where we, I really got to like, do more acting stuff. So it felt like between all of those things, which were all happening at the same time, I had so many creative outlets. Yes. We had the theater company, we'd go yes. to Bardot where I'd be singing my parodies, go to Squeezebox where I'd be rocking out, go to Jackie 60 performing these characters or monologues. And it was just like such an exciting time. There must have been. And also now been, it's like, oh, well, there, I'm not there, gonna say anything. Well, there must have been though, were you also like, paid to go to the tunnel or something like that like yeah of what course. does that mean well just mean because you know the like big clubs when it was limelight what lady does paid to go to the we'd tunnel. get paid like five hundred dollars to just hang out and for two hours and run around and drag and drink yeah oh, that's great I mean, so at what, girl was gorgeous so at what point were you at what point were you unfortunately like I had to date the drug dealers to get in free and I, oh. I didn't get paid but we were blowing I, the drug dealers at what point were you like making a career in all of this drag and this stuff I think I quit waiting tables in 90s 97 maybe 97 okay so you were doing about three years and then it was like okay I'm making enough money I'm no more and see and that's the thing like and you like have you've been at it for all that time like obviously RuPaul's Drag Race has come along and created these celebrities out of um 
you know, kind of like up and coming, you know, drag queens. And, and those girls, some of them are making a lot of money around the world. Um, but you really paved the way and showed people how you can make a career in drag kind of before all that existed. Well, I think. Well, I thank mean, you. But I, I, I think just they think, think the rules of, have just been complete, changed completely. In what way? But you somehow continue to make you yourself be, relevant. You're performing with well, yeah. well, thank some you. of those I mean, girls. I think that there's a pool of us that have have had longevity. Mm-hmm. Me, Jackie Beat, Brother Jean Merman, Coco, Coco Peru. Peru. Yes. And we all Not come many. from the same time. We've all been doing it the same time. We've you all, all started in New York at the same right. time. And there's, yes, there's not a lot that have had that kind of longevity. And we've been really lucky and industrious, yeah. certainly all yeah. in our own Definitely way. Definitely industrious. To, yeah. uh, to make that happen without having the social media or a TV show. Right, not happen. being on national television. And the rules have changed now because now you can be really pretty on Instagram but then also become a reality TV star and make a ton of money right. which is great yes. I mean people yes. think that I, when I say things like that that I'm putting Drag Race down and I'm not oh my god if they had Drag Race 20 years ago 15 I would have like clawed my way onto that show yes. fuck who wouldn't who doesn't want to be a TV star? But you're already so, in an echelon where you're like you perform with Bianca Del Rio. Look, and I'm not complaining, and I love my. I've been great, but I would go, I would take that opportunity any second. And anyone who says they wouldn't is a liar. Now, can I go on the show? Would I go on the show now as in as it is? Whatever. No. no. A lot of people but say they, they should did do a season. A yeah. drag if they did a legend. Golden Girl season. <laughs> oh, girl, they should. With Stan, I know, like Carla, Coco, Jackie, so we would all go Johnny on. Johnny McGovern. So has been fun. banging the drum for that legend. Oh, they need a legend. I love that. And I, I, I've a never, lot of people listen to this pod, so maybe after this, I've never wonder, heard legend. I've never heard RuPaul opine about that at all. Like I've never heard RuPaul react one way or another. And obviously, you've had your run-ins and and interactions with RuPaul. I mean, um, it, it, love fest. Just, just. Absolutely. Look, love she's fest. been nothing but one hundred percent supportive. That's lovely. That's lovely. I mean, That's when I was the baby drag in '93, the height of supermodel, and she had a Christmas show, TV special, like a variety show, and I was on it. I was like the baby because it was like Bunny and Sister Dimension and Billy Beyond and all these, yeah. the big queens of New York City and me. And she's World of Wonder has been so. They post my videos, and I've done a lot of oh, their yeah, shows, and that's they invite true. me to DragCon to be on a panel, so I get to go for free. I mean, nothing but supportive. That's and great. so they definitely have a that relationship is there. They have a thing of like, all right, don't forget these queens. You know what I mean? They yeah. they get it. And so yeah, whatever. Like I that's said, nice. I'm never. I don't have anything bad to say. I watch it every year. I always have friends on. Like this past season. Monet and Cracker are both very good friends of mine. So many and so I New York watch queens are on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and Peppermint. I, yeah, I saw it. that wannabe video you did. It was really funny, that new one. Okay. Oh, yeah. And anything, even any kind of criticism I might have, it's just, you know... Well, it's what goes into making a TV show. And I would go, I would have done it in a hot minute if I was 15 years younger. Would, like I said, I literally would do anything to get on that show. Yeah. yeah. So. But you've made it without that show. I mean, so and and you're and you're sustaining it. 
and thank God for these queens like Bianca that are like, right, don't forget these dinosaurs. It can, and, <laughs> right, because that because she could have had some any of those queens like open for her, and yeah. she you know had Varla's open for her, and this tour I did, and it was just a really and you've really done great some opportunity. Things with with Alaska as well. Maybe mm-hmm. that's like like the management. They get it. Yeah, they get it. Yeah. So what was like uh, Berlin like in drag? Why did you move to Berlin? Berlin was great. Well, I knew I had to get out of New York, and oh, I wanted to get out of the States. Yeah. And I had been working a lot in Berlin, mostly with Joey. And it was kind of like, well, that's one city I think I could live in. Uh-huh. And it was great. Oh, you've I mean, experienced, I like, gay so Berlin. Like, I, I've been to Berlin only once at, as I was, like, you know, 21, closeted. No gay experience at all. It was... No, it wasn't even twenty. Whatever it was, it was right after the Berlin Wall came out, came down. Oh shit! And you know, <laughs> nice. like I have a little piece of the have wall. Have you been to Berlin? Never. No. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I've been wanting to go to experience gay Berlin. You know, and just like, like totally out there sex clubs or whatever it is it's like, funny to say that because ev- everybody says that whatever. and it's so not I, it's not that oh it is but it's not my scene <laughs> at all I mean oh, yeah, well, that's I'm a whore thing. but I'm very vanilla like I'm <laughs> a whore I was anyway I got him so like I was a big 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 whore yeah. but it's like, very well, vanilla so it's like, like let's just have anal sex <laughs> I don't want can I just suck your dick I don't have to pee on you come on <laughs> so it was like that oh it's very different but Berlin at that time was it was a great thing for me it was there for three years I did moved you there speak on, German when you moved nope I moved there on September 8th 2001 yeah. oh, oh my god. god September 8th that is so crazy crazy that is so crazy. I wonder so if there weird. was something in your body that was like. Dead. I don't know. It's really weird. Oh, but, I, uh, I would think it would be so weird to be outside of the United States. Of course, States it was. Half of moment. me was like, "Thank God I'm not there," and the other half of me was like, "I should be there." Yeah. In New York. All of in your New friends, York. your whole yeah. life. That's it was crazy. hideous. I mean, I'll never forget that. But the oh. I moved there and I started. You know, I studied German. I went to. school every morning the German language school and I actually met my first boyfriend and fell in love for the first time and had a boyfriend and what? was traveling you and performing you haven't ever had a boyfriend before that? not seriously wow. just dating around and stuff and nothing like, around. Yeah. and I was performing all over Europe I got to see all of Europe of and make friends everywhere and I wouldn't trade that those three years for anything but I'd said to Josh and Eric when I left, it was like, when you guys are ready to do, everyone's a little burnt out on the theater couture because we were doing, working our asses off and never made a penny. Right. Yeah. And everyone was just a little burnt. And I was like, when you guys are ready to do a show, I'm come back. And one day they called and they're like, we're ready. And I went back. To New York. Yeah. And then... Did you carry? <laughs> oh, Carrie. <laughs> yeah, funny. Talk about Carrie. Carrie was this... It's a, this is a crazy story. I love this story because we always wanted to do Carrie. And before I left Berlin, Jackie was still in New York. We had a meeting with the guys that wrote the musical. And because we wanted to get the rights to do the musical, because we were like... When did that come out? Was that a... Was it... Well, I can't remember when it was a huge... It was like the notorious flop of Broadway. It yeah, ran like eight performances oh, and closed. So Lost millions of dollars. And we were like, this needs to be done off-Broadway. Jackie and I, I was going to be 
think originally I was going to be Carrie and she was going to be the, the mother. mother. Yeah. And they Could were like, oh, this sounds cool. You were going to let you workshop it. And I think maybe the New York Theater Workshop was going to do it. And we were going to workshop it. Well, we got the music and we're like, oh, we can't, I can't sing like Betty Buckley or whatever. <laughs> and they were like, and that's when the, the guys who wrote it were like, uh, if you can't, I think it was Dean Pitchford, I can't remember. If you can't sing it in the key we wrote it in, you can't sing it. So we're like, okay, well, we're not doing the musical. <laughs> and then Eric was like, fuck them, we're doing more. We'll do a theatrical first. So he wrote to Stephen King's lawyer and got this blanket response back saying, no. Okay, we're going to move on to something else. I moved to Berlin. Then literally a couple months later, he gets an email from Stephen King's literary agent saying, Stephen's actually interested. Do you have a script? And I was like, oh, fuck. Get the script, get the script. Get the script. <laughs> he wrote a script, sent it, and gets an email back from Stephen King saying, oh my God. I love this. It's yours. And I think what sold him on it actually was Carrie being played by a man. So he was really into the drag queen. And that's just like, I think the outsider, I I think he just got it. He just got it. And we weren't making fun of Carrie at all. Yes. It was just like, Carrie's being played by a man. And it was not commenting on the fact that Carrie was a man. So, was it in drag though? Oh yeah, I was Carrie. And <laughs> was it a musical? No, we're no. no. So we absolutely were not. We, we always in all of our shows, we always had one song at least. We always had the number. Right. And this one, we weren't allowed to do that at all because someone else owned the rights to the musical. Yeah. It had to be. It was very clear. No numbers. We did it at PS One Twenty Two. It was two thousand and four, and. So here, we, this little theater company, the, you know, the man playing the leading lady was given the rights for the first theatrical production of Carrie. That by is Stephen so King. amazing. And how was it billed? Just Carrie? Yeah. Stephen King's Carrie. That is so crazy. And that's why I moved back. Did he come see it? He didn't because it was, he was still not able to move around and travel after that he had been hit by a car, you know, when oh, it was like very right. injured. But everyone in his team came, um, his lawyers loved, they were such champions of it. Oh, that's and so amazing. It was, it sold out, the entire run sold out before opening night. Wow. Oh my God. It was crazy. And this was all to New York. Oh my God. Yeah. It was amazing. And I'm so sad that it didn't continue we had so many meetings to move it because by equity rules we could only do so many shows and when that was up we would have to start paying everyone it was a big cast and this was at a time when off Broadway was no money diminishing and left and it's gone essentially now I mean you either have to have one dollar or ten million dollars there's like no middle Mm. so that was kind of really 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 um devastating because I had my mind I was like I'm going to be doing Carrie around the world forever and there were so many big plans and it just couldn't it was either you need 10 million dollars and we didn't want to do that because we're like then we're betraying the aesthetic and who we are like part of theater couture is like you can see the strings it's so hard to produce theater I've I've done it I've done it in New York I've done it here it's so thankless and people say to us all the time move the Golden Girls to a bigger space we're like no the whole thing is that it's in the basement of this Mexican restaurant. If someone fucks up or someone drops something or something happens, then you make it's funny. And if you're becoming this legit theater where you're charging a hundred dollars, you can't 
It's make not any funny mistakes. if you forget a line. Yes, right. You it know? is the perfect venue for it. Yeah. Have you done it elsewhere? Have you done it in Palm Springs? Mm, not or, yet. I mean, you could. Yes. You really, there, you Palm Springs. Find yeah, you could yes, do a similar place. place. You could do it in Provincetown. Yes. You know, you, there's lots of places you could for sure. do it. Um, but it's, I would think, logistically, it's a little difficult with the four of you, you know, to figure out. Well, when. we can't, it makes it harder to do it in New York City. We really wanted to when do it because then you have to bring three people from L.A. to New York, three slightly older people who are not, no one's going to couch surf. Right. No. Like, it's where right. everyone's going to want to stay somewhere. You know what I mean? It becomes very expensive. When did Golden yeah. Girls start? Four years ago. Okay. yeah, yeah. And what, so, so then when you came back to New York, Carrie was going on for a few years and then... No, a month. No, a month. <laughs> and so... <laughs> a triumphant month! And then it was, honey, a love letter from the New York Times. So, it was so sad that it didn't get to move. So, so then... And we're not... What happened from 2005 to like... Uh, so, so then, is that when the show started? Well, what happened started? was, after that, I kind of was struggling, like, having to perform every single night in drag just to make money. Right. And also supporting my boyfriend, who I met in Berlin, who didn't have, couldn't get a and visa. And he moved back to... Because he came with me, and so uh, I was like... Oh, my God. You it was saddled a really yourself time. with... Uh, <laughs> it was financially the most with challenging an and really struggling. Still like, boyfriend now? No. Oh, God, no. But okay, very right. good friend. Right. Like counting um, pennies. It was oh, really, really, really hard show. time. And then, ding, YouTube. That's exactly yes. what I was thinking. Like, so you then began a new chapter. Content. And when did you start putting out on YouTube? The minute that I saw you could. And I have to give, like, um, you know, um, acknowledgement to the people who came before me. Certainly, there's a performer named... Brittany Houston now is Mila Jam, who's an amazing performer in New York, mm. and Jackie Beat, who were both doing videos on YouTube. And I called Jackie, I'm like, how are you getting these bookings in Oshkosh and whatever? And she's like, through my YouTube, I'm putting these videos up. And I was like, I need to jump on that. And yeah. it also was kind of like, again, all these roads kind of met at the right time. I met this guy, Francis, who was like, I want to make music videos. And I was like, God, I really miss making these short films that we used to make. Mm. But I'm doing these parodies and YouTube. And I was like, all right, this has to happen. And it's like literally this team of people just kind of like, it was just like, it was just meant to be. It was perfect timing. And I did the Gaga one, Shit My Pants, which was like the third (laughs) one I did. Mm -hmm. And again, it was like timing. I knew Perez from before he was Perez. Mm-hmm. And oh, me too. The height of Gaga, the height of Perez. Yeah. The beginning of YouTube. Mario. He put it up. Yeah. Gaga loved it. Like it just was a this. And I have to say, for a very short period of time before RuPaul's Drag Race, when that video was out, there was like an eight-month period where I was like the toast of the town and it was like I was booked every night somewhere I was flying on a plane constantly and it was kind of like I think how those girls are now as soon as the show airs but it was um, it was very exciting and it was like this whole new chapter and uh, was yeah that was that chapter (laughs) (laughs) and that continued and you and you did that for a while until now are you still until it beat that 
horse dead. <laughs> <laughs> Are you feel like you're done with YouTube now? You're done with. Like, I'm not done with it, but it's just again, it's a whole other thing. It's so saturated. It's yes. very difficult to get any traction on those. The traction that used to get. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I still. I don't really understand the monetization of those things. You I mean, have to be Willem yeah. level to make money, right? Yeah. Willem is, I'm sure, making money out of. Willem was a very, very, very smart savvy. business. Oh my god, woman. that bitch is. Savvy. I mean, smart. Took the whole RuPaul thing and translated it into YouTube, and most of those queens, even from drag race who are so but beyond huge that, Will- don't have a YouTube presence like and beyond that Willem, maybe right. adore Willem is so smart that Willem has like a studio where everyone shoots everything Willem I you know, shoot all my like, stuff Jackie and I shoot all her yeah. stuff at Willem's studio and she's very generous but Willem is a very very smart person yeah. and she is consistent with like her content and she puts a lot of time and work into it so she's kind of translated that into but me like the video I put a video up now I used to be able to put up a video and would guarantee get several hundred thousand views and now mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. three thousand <laughs> so it's like it's really hard to get it's just so yeah. much going on there's so much uh, yeah that's saturated why, yeah that's why I mean which is fine because I feel like now I'm like okay you know what? It's just it's like, like I've done yeah, that barrier to entry like anyone put out anything up on, on YouTube it's fine like now there are like these platforms like Hornet and Reverie and you know whatever that can maybe you know sustain you know other work. I love this you know? podcast because so far I usually I only talk about sucking dick stories and all we've talked about is business. <laughs> Why have we been talking about <laughs> sucking dick? No, we sorry. often talk about sucking dick. <laughs> we should be talking about sucking Suck. dick. <laughs> I was trying to get into that in uh, Berlin, but like you kind of steered me away. Oh from, no, because like, no. the kind of like sex that I would be looking for in Berlin is like that really like dangerous. Oh, it's there. You know, like you know. There's a big party card like I think like somebody eats your arm and no <laughs> no not cannibalism Nathan I'm not like that more more on that side then um, yeah but there's more, a party called know. laboratory which is this big fetish party people fly in from all over the world to go to this party when is it my friend my friend Francois came in from Barcelona he's like please come with me. I'm like no I know it's not my thing have you been no but I've heard please 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 I'm like I tell you what you go. And if people are having sex, like sucking dick sex, call me, me and I'm co- I'm come meet you. Well, he came back like a half hour later. And he's like, oh, no one is like sucking dick. It's just like <laughs> so. Fe- and that's not my what, thing. It's like at flogging all. or it's just like... fetish, like someone lying in a bathtub getting peed on, or whatever. And that's gorgeous. That's what you're into, whatever. But it's like yeah. I just want to. That's not miss my the thing. Old days exactly, of just like but, yeah. classic sex. Like I said, very vanilla, but yeah, totally. With thousands of people, the fetish. There's this <laughs> saturation of fetish as well. It's like blown up. Oh my god! I talk to guys even online, in like straight guys, because you know, straight guys like that, that the blonde lady, <laughs> and they're all like, "Oh, are you into this or whatever?" And I'm like, 
No, uh, I just want to figure it out. Everyone yeah. seems to be. Not just have a glass of wine. A lot good. of people seem to be. <laughs> I into, think people, the younger people, the are maybe desensitized a bit because of porn, and yeah, I think they so. grow up watching it, and so by the time they're twenty three, they're like, I know, I, I need to do something crazy, and I'm like, I find like, a lot what are you? Are you kinky? I'm like, well, if you call a man in a wig sucking your dick kinky, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I find a lot of takers for the, for, you know, whatever, whatever I'm, pretty I'm kinky. into those kinky. Although I don't, moments. it's like, you yeah. grow up a little I'm bit and I get that. more busy and it's like, whatever. I'm, I'm more lazy now. <laughs> when, I've, when I've been with, I've been in two long-term relationships now and I'm monogamous. Yeah. And I love that. I yeah. like that more than horror. Are you in now. one now? No. Just okay. got out, well, last November. And that wasn't the one from Berlin that yeah. you had to, like, support. No. <laughs> I don't no. like hearing that. Like, where, where's Sherry Vine's sugar daddy? Right. Where's, you know, where's your, um... Uh, no, those days are gone. What's his name? Um, well, any one of them. but Pretty woman. Know. No, but I was thinking of, you know, David Geffen and, and oh, whatever honey. that bitch that's married to Diane Van Furstenberg, you know, that... Barry Diller. That faggot. <laughs> <laughs> no, those days are gone. That's true. <laughs> Let's so, be honest. That, so that what do you feel true. like your next chapter is, like, as far as moving to L.A.? Well, like, moving to L.A. because Jackie and I have some plans. We want to start a production company, and we plan I love on, it. I love Plan that. on trying to create content for us and for other people. I mean, we've been talking to a lot of the queens from Drag Race, actually, if we're like, who need material to do their own shows. And we're like, let's... We could be kind of like a package deal where we write, direct, and stage shows for other people but of course we want to focus on stuff for ourselves that sounds awesome we want to do more stuff at casita that's not we don't want to oversaturate the golden girls so we're like do golden like we just did who's the boss in april or may oh you know i I was out with a friend at the eagle i think after a show of the that and Danny Pintaro Pintaro was he was there. in it and oh my god he was so bright and I only saw online I was like I don't even know it what was, was actually that was an experiment because they're like are people gonna like this and so many people said they liked it more than Golden Girls because that was the Golden Girls we don't have to change the script the right. scripts are funny people know them by heart they don't want it changed so we're very other than a few words here and there we're quite um, devoted to those scripts. But who's the boss? They're like, okay, we need to doctor this up a little bit. And Jackie did an amazing job, and it was hilarious. We just took an episode, and she juiced it up, and it was hilarious. And people loved it. So it was an experiment. And you had Danny Pintero in it. So we did. We (laughs) want to do Golden Girls, then something else, then Golden Girls, then something else, then Golden Girls, something like, you know. That sounds amazing. And it's more Uh, doable because now if you're in... Well, if you're here. If I'm here. And Jackie and I want to... I mean, we literally have a book of ideas of TV shows, a variety show. She's Living for This, which was a variety show I did for Here TV, is now on Hulu. And it's doing quite well on Hulu. So we've been trying to get, you know, them to do another season. of working for Here TV. That that den of thieves. No. <laughs> so that you and Jackie are kind of business partners as mm-hmm. well as as besties. You, you know, know, I actually so creative do. partners, and you feel like it. 
that relationship has been a long time of evolving and, and being able to work together in those both of those oh, ways. Yeah. Right before yes, yes. we started, I, I mentioned that I, I do raise money for like media ventures and things like that. And I, I have done that for all kinds of different things. But um, we, offline, off the air, you know, we, we should talk about what you're doing. I, th- I That's such a great combo. Sorry, listeners. Um, <laughs> and I, I just think that's amazing, like, what you're what you're planning to do. I think so. I mean, like I said, and we've I been best friends for 27 may- years. We know each other so well. And there's no one that I'd rather be on stage with. Yeah. I mean, we can literally both drive each other crazy in equally. and But at the same time, we're so close that, like I said, we can say horrible things to each other or scream at each other and then two minutes later it's just like it never happened so it's that kind of which I love Mm -hmm. because I don't want to work with someone that I have to walk on eggshells with but there's a great balance between the two of us you know she's so fast and I'm much more methodical and I think that we kind of balance each other out and when we're on stage together it's just you know, I, the New York Times said the Laurel and Hardy of drag, and oh, I amazing. love that so much. You guys are so much fun. I remember, like, af- right after the last incarnation of Golden Girls, you went to the um, this little thing they had for drag strip 66, oh, which uh-huh. was, was a, such a fun oh, nightclub here in L.A. When I first moved here, you know, I, I came at the end of 96, and into oh, 97 so probably 97 was the first time I went I to drag strip yet. 66 oh Nathan <laughs> <laughs> you were in kindergarten how probably. old are you? <laughs> 30 30? Yeah. Oh, dirty 30 dirty dirty yeah. um, I was in yeah. but that that you know I Second kind of grade. like oh. I took what I had been doing in um, you know New York going you know loving seeing drag shows and you know and and nightlife and everything, and then moved um, first to Malibu, but then quickly to Silver Lake, and uh, was just up the hill from Rudolfo's. Rudolfo's, and oh, God. Uh, you know I could basically <laughs> kind of like roll down the hill to get there, <laughs> and my to. friends from other parts of town, <clears throat> even when they went every month, every single time they would forget how to get there and would call me for directions. Like, there was no, you know, there's no GPS or, right. you know, whatever. But they were you like, I don't park. remember how to get there. You couldn't park <laughs> anywhere. Well, I didn't need to. Right. So it was, it was amazing. was like, you know. But, so anyway, you and Jackie and Alaska um, came and performed. No, Alexis. No. Al- Al- oh, sorry for that. Just sorry. After yes, the, I'm just sorry. For, for this, yes. Because they were doing a fundraiser for the... Yes. For the documentary, yes. which I'm also trying to support, because um, I I I loved what I've seen. I think it's going to be such a fun documentary, and I'm finishing a documentary right now. I have a good distributor, and I'm, I'd like to help Paul get his thing out there. But um, in any case, you performed with Jackie, hilarious, it was so funny, um, and then I think maybe you did a number with Alaska too. I don't remember. No, I think Jackie did something with Alaska. Oh, okay. So they have a song together called I Invented That. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. So that was all really great. Well, 
Sherry Vine. I'm sorry. Like, blah, blah, blah. I hope it wasn't boring. To no, know. it oh, wasn't. No, I mean, we didn't hear enough of the dick sucking story. That's okay. Well, you know, they can this, find that this podcast will be different than the other ones. So that's we good. did. Absolutely. We were focused on the business, and I, I and I think we actually were focused on what is next for Sherry Vine, which is to become a massive mogul <laughs> of entertainment uh, in Hollywood. You know what would make me, my, if you said, <laughs> what do you want to do? Like, here is a blank check. What do you want to do? I'd say, I want to do the variety show. She's living for this. Yeah. Like, it's a Carol Burnett style. That would be my dream to continue doing that because that, so much fun. I, Let's manifest I it. wish that Boom. for you. I hope that Tapping. happens. I mean, they don't even let Carol Burnett do that anymore. But, you know. <laughs> this is happening. Who knows? I think they're letting Courtney do it in London. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. Amazing. Well, thank um, you so much. Thank you and for if, coming. Oh, my God. Thank you, guys. And if people so, want to... I didn't know I didn't have to... I didn't know I didn't have to be in drag, so it's so weird to be... I know. It's so <laughs> great that you're dressed up. We'll have you to... have... Almost never look lovelier, and you're, you're beautiful in this light and the couture the gown dark. and the uh, <laughs> like the like the barely there skirt the and nails. the legs. Oh, the legs and nails. I mean, everything. you are so serving Thank you. the full sherry vine. And if people want to people want to follow you, YouTube, YouTube Miss Sherry Vine, Instagram Miss Sherry Vine, SherryVine.com is my website for shows. And when up. are you going to devastate the New York? Um, club community by leaving January wow but there's so, a lot going on before there's January there's gonna so. be like farewells to Jackie all over uh, town the industry is ball. going to just like you know like I deflate know. I think no, they might go out okay. of business no they'll be okay <laughs> they'll figure something out they'll get one of them young queens in there <laughs> yeah they'll figure it. yeah they're, they're churning them out by the dozen yeah. Miss Cracker will take over yeah Aquarium, whatever <laughs> well thanks everybody so much for listening and um, you know of course you know share this with your friends give us five stars or don't bother comment something <laughs> nice Send us an email if you'd like. Uh, We'll take anything. Okay, bye. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Thank you.